0: Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Life Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you WWCFL for supporting Life Talk Northwest.
1: Welcome to Life Talk Northwest. I'm Dan Kennedy, former CEO and current board member of Human Life of Washington.
2: And this is Katie Welch, former Northwest Regional Coordinator and Industry Impact Coordinator for Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action. We are so glad that you're listening today because we have a very special guest this week. Today our guest is Priscilla Hurley. Priscilla Hurley has over 40 years of master's level work experience in the health field as an educator, advocate, administrator, and manager. Priscilla's life was dramatically redefined in 1981 after coming to Christ. Prior to this, abortion had become Priscilla's unseen burden even while in the womb, as she survived an attempted DNC abortion when only three and a half months gestational age. The trauma from this would lead her, as a young woman, to her own abortions, which then led to taking a job in an abortion clinic with the intent to help support other women. Her real life experiences with abortion are especially unique, and her words about this subject reveal a painful understanding but through the eyes of a life redeemed by Christ. Priscilla's story is a source of encouragement, empowerment, and also education, and it will minister truth to the hearts of those who will listen. Priscilla resides in the great state of Alaska, where most of her family also resides. To learn more about how you might work with Priscilla, you can access her website at thechoicetochose.com. Thank you, Priscilla, for being here today. We're so happy to have you join us on Life Talk Northwest.
3: Thank you, Katie. It's, it's great to be here. appreciate the opportunity
2: i just I'm just so inspired by you and all the men and women who share their stories of surviving abortions um could you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your story?
3: Yeah, well, I found out about my mother's decision um when I was nineteen. And I'll circle back around that. A lot of people want to know how did I knew how do i how did I find out well um you know she was uh, we were living in Southern California, and she was a mother with four children, uh, married to an experimental test pilot, very charismatic guy, kind of the, you know, the love of her life, um, but it was a very risky business, and uh, he took off at Long Beach one day and crashed in the ocean, so she was That's left funny. with four children and pregnant with me, so she, you know, just like many women in circumstances that they feel overwhelmed. Uh, I think she was influenced by people that knew people that knew people, and traveled to the other side of the border to a doctor who performed a DNC uh, abortion procedure, which miraculously I survived, but my twin were thinking, mm-hmm. did not. We don't have medical records, but that's what she and the doctor, as I asked her questions later in life after I came to the Lord, Um I was bold enough to inquire about it. But um, yeah, so, you know, I was born and raised by her. She married a year later to a wonderful man that have gave us a great childhood. But my childhood was very uh, troubled only because of the trauma of that abortion attempt and feeling somewhat emotionally neglected by my mother. And so I was very needy and without much guidance and love. So I kind of acted out when I went to college. And uh, naturally, if you're acting out sexually, you're going to get pregnant. And uh, that happened to me. And I did call my parents. I was 19, but I was very young and dependent on them. And they came and took me home and just kind of marched me into a process of getting a legal abortion in California. Um, Another DNC procedure, just like my mom had. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was kind of ironic, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it was very unfortunate that that happened because, I mean, I was young, and I just kind of went along with it, and I was obviously outside of God's will for my life. I didn't know Him personally, so I was pretty lost, and, um, you know, it's a painful consequence when you're living outside of God's plan for your life, and... Um, just caused a lot of more, a lot more problems in my life, as you know. Post-abortion syndrome is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, you know, they don't tell you about it. They deny that it's real, but it is real. Women, when you take the life of your own child, you're just, you know, not the same. <laughs> and uh, it's not a life-giving uh, experience, right? It's a death experience. Yeah, and own. it
1: and it leaves you further in the dark because they deny that it yeah. even exists.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly, but it's just the the journey of my life is just when I look back at it it's just like oh my gosh because I I didn't make better decisions in 1975 I got married I got pregnant again um and I just my boyfriend was like oh you no know, it's just not a good time I didn't really want to do this but I complied because again trauma is a part of this experience for right. me and not dealing with that and I was pretty shut down. I didn't have a voice. I didn't fight for myself or for my babies. And I think that's important to um, understand this process of, of what abortion does. Um, so I pivoted and went right into the industry of abortion after I got that second abortion because I was so outraged at how awful it was. And I thought, why, why didn't somebody tell me, prepare me for this? Um, and I... You know, the first time I had an abortion, it was under general anesthetic. Mm-hmm. The second time, it was under a local anesthetic, and oh. it, you feel everything, and so that's very horrific. You know, something tragically wrong goes right. on, but you you don't. I, I didn't really know what it was. Of course, that was my, you know, my God. You know, the, you know, really that part of us that knows we're really doing something right, horrible, right. but I didn't know what it was. So I, I, I was offered a job to work in a clinic, of course, a health field. And I worked there for three and a half years. And so I'm part of Abby Johnson's ministry too. With And then there were none wonderful program for women. Oh, who Formerly worked in the, in the industry. So yeah, I've had this crazy abortion story and, um, it's it's uh you know i have it's just a you know a, a place of darkness and deception that's all i could say that preys on on the fears and exploits women's fears and uncertainties and so there's um there's you know god saved me for himself uh i'm i'm aware of now and not for my mother um because i was mistreated by her not mistreated, but just had a lot of lack in my life. Sure, uh, she never abused me per se, but it's just
1: no emotional know, support. And
3: yes, exactly, and mm-hmm. just leading me into further destructive behavior. And with you know, but but she wasn't a horrible mom at all. It's just that she didn't. She was blindsided on that sure. issue there. So
1: and you felt distant.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yes, very much so, because of that abortion attempt, I think, uh, that she decided to do. I mean, that would be a a hard thing, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, it was.
3: (laughs) A parent to live with the child that they tried to kill. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, that's the reality of it. So, um, yeah, so the, the challenge of abortion today is just like, you know, this is crazy. This is an industry that I'm well aware of. I know how what it is. I know the deception involved, and and it's also the industry that, or the the procedure, the process that um that took my that tried to take my life. So it's very uh, convoluted story I have, and it's thanks to the Abortion Survivors Network. I mean, it, I went through their healing, and it really did help me. To uh, kind of reconcile some of that experience I've lived through, oh, because yeah. you know I didn't really address the survival part of my story. Ah, um, okay. Um, until I came, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really address it until I connected with Melissa, Odin, and uh, got some healing and understood the trauma of that experience sure. and what trauma actually does to an individual's life, how they see themselves, how they make decisions. Um, and you know, it's, I really can say that that's been part of my problem (laughs) growing up and being a young woman. And I just am so grateful. I, I got a near death car accident in uh, the late seventies and, um, I, I mean, I could have, I should have died, <laughs> but I didn't. Again, and so I, you know, I. Changed, but it, what happened was it kind of pivoted my life. I was sounds kind of you know out there, but I was visited by an angel while I was unconscious in the car. Sure. And he said, "You're going to be all right." <laughs> so um, I woke up and recovered and after that things started changing for me inside, internally. I wasn't I think God touched me in a way that um started pivoting my questioning, truth questioning what I was doing, isn't there more to this life? So I mean I was pursuing other, you know, wasn't just I was I guess I was trying to crack through the darkness I was in, you know. Um, Sure. Like an unborn chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) and you know,
1: we're going to have to take a break here before too long. But, you know, I did uh, what it it just infuriates me when I hear people promoting abortion and saying that they're standing up for women's rights. They are destroying Mm -hmm. women. That is the Mm -hmm. biggest con I have ever seen. And for those who don't understand, of course, they think they're doing something good. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it is an exploitation <laughs> to the nth degree.
2: Yeah, and they don't tell yes. the k- girls when they go into the clinic that they're going to be experiencing this after the abortion. Um, it's just their right to choose and be nothing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry,
3: I couldn't hear that first part, Katie.
2: Oh, I said they don't usually tell girls when they go in for an abortion that they're going to be experiencing this, like post-traumatic stress or. Depression, right. or they're going to be experiencing these things afterwards.
3: Oh no, no, they don't. <laughs> no, no, it is. no. It's a it's a money making industry, and and on the blood of all the children. And uh, you know, I thank goodness I've repented of all of that. You know, because it's it's very troubling when you think about it. You know,
1: it is. It is. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we're speaking with Priscilla. Hurley, who uh, survived an abortion when she was in the womb, who had abortions herself, and then who worked at an abortion clinic, and uh, through a near-death experience in an auto accident, um, uh, has come to the Lord, has turned her life around, and is sharing her story and helping many women and men understand uh, the truth of abortion itself. We'll
0: be right back. Our commitment to the dignity and value of all human beings is the reason why the ecclesial community establishes such things as soup kitchens, provides shelter for the homeless, medical care for the poor. Same conviction should compel all of you today defend the right to life of every human being, from conception to natural death, to care for and protect the unborn and all those whom others might deem inconvenient or undesirable.
2: Welcome back to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. This is Katie Welch, and we are speaking with Priscilla Hurley. She's an abortion survivor from Alaska.
1: Uh, Priscilla, uh, I was I've always said, and I think what's important for people to understand, especially when we have abortion survivors on the air with us, is that the child in the womb is someone. It's not something, and it's clear when you have an abortion survivor, it indeed is someone in the womb. And as uh, one abortion survivor said that her mother said, well, you know, I didn't know you then. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, but true, but it is someone. And uh, I think the humanity of the child in the womb, again, this is a person, this is someone, it's just not a growth uh, mm-hmm. needs to be stressed. Wouldn't you agree?
3: Uh, yes, I think that was. It's been that <clears throat> the understanding the humanity of the unborn has been something that has been kind of a pursuit for me because of not feeling human sure. <laughs> as a child, um, being denied human love, human attachment, human connection Mm -hmm. i had a big family and i was close to my sisters and still am relatively close to them um but i had a a distant a distant um relationship with my mother that never well toward the end of her life it was a lot better but but it was a pursuit i had and of course if you don't understand your own humanity um it's not going to be hard to say, well, what's inside me right now is not human, right? Right. So uh, when I got pregnant, it was, you know, well, let's do that, you know, let's do that, let's just get rid of it, you know, and it's just a very sad state of affairs when we don't recognize the humanity of our own lives or the lives of the unborn, and I think it's a, you know, it's like, that combination. I think as an abortion survivor, it's our call basically, our calling to help people understand the humanity of who we are and that we were in the womb and we were there was an attempt on our life before we even came into this world. We have that voice, you know, literally of the voiceless in the womb. Mm-hmm. And um you know my story i think is just a testimony of the darkness of the curse of abortion the generational curse of abortion my mother was the one that came and got me and took me down to get an abortion and it's just almost a kind of crazy when you think about it because it is why why she had children why would she think that this was okay was she acting out her own guilt you know was she acting out her own grief it was after that abortion experience at the age of 19 that she dropped it, this news on me and said, well, by the way, I, I tried to abort you. And it was like oh, that moment in time when you're just frozen and you don't know what to say. I didn't say anything, but what I thought was now I know why I never felt wanted. That was the first thought in my Is brain. Is that right? It, yeah, it made sense it, that... She tried to abort me, so you know I knew that much about it. You know I don't know what it was.
1: What saying. was her reason for telling you?
3: I think she had the secret that needed some air. Oh really? And I had just had the abort. I had recently had the abortion.
1: Ah. Um, okay.
3: And so I. You were on equal
1: footing from- at that point. <laughs>
3: Yeah, maybe she felt like she wanted to offer me support, but I gee, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Thanks yeah. you know, <laughs> a lot. Really asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never really asked her, but it was just, um, that's my assumption. I mean, she had this guilt-ridden secret that affected her life and affected mine. She never really got healing from that. Oh, that's too bad. That just telling me that. Probably took a little bit of the load off for her. It's mm-hmm. Like I was the the beast, of burden. You know, <laughs> I carried her burden. I carried a lot of her burden. Her burden <laughs> of the grief she had when her husband died. I mean, I was in the womb when that happened. Oh wow! And you know, things like things things are real. You know, it affected me in terms of. Sure, they do. You know.
1: Yep. Even in yeah, the womb, so, they do.
3: Yeah. So, so I think the humanity question is something that I've struggled with, you know, because of my journey. But, you know, God has brought me into an understanding. Uh, he knitted and he knits us in the, in our mother's womb. He had his hand over me in the womb. I After I went through post-abortion counseling, I had a, a prayer, a time of prayer with people. And I actually really saw a vision of his hand literally over my little body. Yeah. Um And I, you know, so I I know he chose me out of that situation, and I was 31 when I finally connected with him uh, through my own process, and that was four months after, you know, I got pregnant again when I went to Alaska for a work assignment, well, not a work assignment, but I finished my master's program through a paid internship up there, and I stayed. Afterwards, they offered me a job, but... In that time frame, in 1980, I got pregnant again because my behaviors hadn't changed. Sure. And four months after my son was born, I got—I realized I—I I really needed the, the Lord, and I had made a mess of my life. So I—that's where I converted, and I turned my heart to God and confessed. And I had Christian friends for the first time when I went to Alaska, and okay. God. God brought me up there after that car accident. I think to to really offer me that pathway of being set free from all of this. Um,
1: yeah, He finds a way to find you. <laughs> He, he
3: does. does, and it took him a lot. I mean, it was kind of like a two by four, right? Your <laughs> death car accident. I mean, sure, sure. you know, hello. I've been trying to do all these years. Anybody you know? home? Yeah. I know, right. I just think I, that's how dark, you know, that's sure it how is. lost and dark, the dark, yes, the, dark the places were that I was. And I, after that accident, though, I really, I was so stirred up, and I think that's that's when that opportunity came. You know he, I, I think he's been leading me all along, but it's been a painful journey. He's mm-hmm. had his eye on me, you know. Um, so I'm, I think women and, and men that are involved in the pro-life effort in actually dealing with abortion-minded women, uh, need, it, you know, be encouraged. I mean, they are making a difference in that child's life, and that young woman's life, whoever, however old she is. Sure. Um, and uh I think having know, worked in I know that
1: uh, yeah. I think Katie had a question about you mentioning your work.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. So when you left the abortion industry, you mentioned that you worked with and then there were none. Um, could you tell us maybe about how what like encouraged you to leave and what that was like?
3: Well, I think it was the the uh the Lord after you know that car accident, I was alert, more alert to to my future, I think, and the hope for my future. And so I was working in this clinic at the time. And when the opportunity... I started graduate school. When the opportunity came to finish my internship up in Alaska, I took it. And um, so that way out of San Francisco... Working in this abortion and in, in the abortion industry, I kind of left that behind. I wasn't sure if I was ever coming back, but it ended up I never did come back mm-hmm. to the to the clinic. Um, and so that was God, really, that pulled me out of there. When I connected with Melissa Odin in 2019 with Abortion Survivors Network, I jumped right in and I wanted to tell my story. And she said, "Well, let me connect you with." Uh, and then there were none. Abby Johnson's ministry for uh, former abortion workers. Sure. So I thought, well, that was a long time ago. I don't, you know, I don't really need that, do I? <laughs> you know. <laughs> she, she was like, um, yes, you know. And so I connected with them. I've been through all of their healing phases, and I've been, you know, they're just a great organization, they and they yeah. love on us. They love on us so well. I just, it's just. So undeserving uh, that we get so much care from them sure um but it was it was so helpful to to meet with these other women who worked in the industry, you know some of them long ago, some of them more recently, but you know we see things that no person should see, and they our our clinic was first trimester uh and and some of the women you know had worked with late term it's just it's wow. terrific. So it's a wonderful healing community of people, and this is where our healing comes from: is like-minded people, like lived experience that we can share and support. That God has pulled us out of and restored. It's part of that restoration process, and it's it's important work what she does. Um, and I am just a grateful recipient of of
1: what they do. Well, it's great that you've gotten that that, uh, love, those relationships, that connection, that sense of, uh, you know, and you need each other. It's not just all one way, they need you too. And uh, uh, now it is, I understand, September, in fact, September, 2023 is the uh, the first Baby Survive Abortion Awareness Month. Is that correct?
3: That is correct, yes. It's so an uh, initiative taken by Melissa Oden through Abortion Survivors Network, and so there'll be a lot of things going on. Um, and uh, th- so I appreciate you mentioning that. I think it's so important for people to be aware. And I appreciate you having us on. And that that's another community of people that I just love is our Survivor Network people because, you know, we understand each other, first of all, because, you know, (laughs) it's like, wow, I'm not the only one, you know, and um, so, but, but yes, it's a very important month. I think there'll be a lot of uh, opportunities to share with others through media access, and social media, and news outlets, and things like that, of course. I'm, I'm a up here in Alaska, I'm waiting sort of for the resources so I can distribute some press releases that's or whatever to people great. up here. But, um, yes, yeah, so it's an exciting good thing that Melissa doing. I think she's, she's uh, working hard to bring awareness.
1: Well, that's good because well, we are at the end of our show already, it has been fascinating. I think uh, people need to understand again <laughs> – Uh, abortion survivors are actually people, and they were someone when they were in the womb. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we're happy to meet them uh, after they have survived. And Priscilla, you certainly have a uh, unique story and Mm -hmm. a story filled with much hope and love, and a witness to what God can do. So we are so grateful that you have been here and shared with us and our audience.
2: And you can, as we said earlier... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Katie. Okay, as we said earlier, you can um, access Priscilla's website at com if you really want to work with Priscilla or even maybe come have her speak at your event. Okay.
3: And if I... If Uh-oh. I can mention, I I also have, there's a link to me on the Abortion Survivors Network website. Uh, she has a few of the speakers on there, so you right. can access me there right. as well. But uh, thank you so much, both of you, and for standing for life and for the humanity of of children, the unborn, and for all of us.
1: <laughs> well, it was an honor to have you here. Um, thank you. Thank you so much you have been listening to life talk northwest i'm dan kennedy many blessings
2: and i'm katie welch i want to thank all our listeners and priscilla for speaking with us today you've been listening to life talk northwest on the sacred heart radio god bless you all
0: thank you to western washington coalition for life for sponsoring today's broadcast of life talk northwest Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at WWCFL.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.